Carlos Alberto Dio from the 40 goes here on 11.16 SEN and a crucial couple of days coming up for our national team, the Socceroos. Hello, Carlos. How are you there, mates? Uh, I've got to say, I know we're going to win. I know we're going to get to <laughs> Russia. But when it comes to Socceroos, Francis, I'm a little bit toey, a little bit anxious. So how about you? I mean, they're playing in Tehran. Iraq haven't beaten us since 2008. But they've, you know, they, they do have their moments against us. So go back to the Asian Cup in 2007 when they beat us in the quarterfinal. Brilliant team that went on to win the thing. They're just brilliant footballers. And even when they've had their under-23 team playing our senior team in Australia, uh, I think in one of the early games that, uh, that Ange uh, was in charge of, they actually outplayed us even though we won the game. So very, very dangerous game tonight. It is Tomorrow very, night, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the pitch is an issue again. Yeah. Uh, as someone's texted through, 0433981116. Did Adele put on a concert in Tehran? <laughs> That's a good one. I don't think so. Yeah, no, no. I think not, uh, but, not quite sure the Ayatollahs would tolerate. Yeah, job. but I mean, they're a ball playing side to Iraq, and they're now, I haven't read the Iraqi papers, uh, you know, recently. Oh, but really? I, don't, I don't think not they're a, not across. The... Yeah, no, no. I haven't uh, seen the Iraqi Herald Sun uh, <laughs> overnight, but uh, I don't think they're complaining about the pitch. So I don't know. I'm not. Quite, I'm not sure whether this is a way of focusing the boys and. Uh, I mean, Angie's expecting a lot of fifty-fifty sort of stuff, uh, but he, and he doesn't. But he doesn't want to at all, um, you know, forget about his style of play that he wants the boys to follow. So they, they're focused. Three draws in the row. They've got five games to go. Three of them of which are home. This is so so important um, because we've got to play a, a Japan away also. The other three are at home. So uh, this is the one that we need to get. Adam Peacock joins us from Fox Sports Football. Of course, tomorrow night's game is live on Fox Sports from 11pm from Tehran as the Socceroos take on. All right, day, Adam. How are you going? G'day, boys. I actually have been reading the, uh, the Mad Dad Herald Sun, and, and all they're talking about is what happened to the Gabba this week. So, yeah, they've, they've even over the game. Should we be nervous, Adam? We're trying, we're trying to reassure each other here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that trepidation always is prevalent when you're playing away from home in, in the Middle East. That's, that's one of the the main uh, parts of the world where we've struggled. We've, we've probably had better results, okay, in friendlies against some of the European giants in the past five or so years than we have in in some of the games that we've played in the Middle East. Uh, we've got away with a point against Saudi Arabia. Um, we've only lost two games in meaningful matches, non non friendly, since uh, the World Cup. One of those was away to Jordan in a World Cup qualifier. So. Yeah, it's, um, it, it can trip us up. But one thing we will have in our advantage tomorrow, there won't be much of an atmosphere, so yeah. we won't have that, that roaring feeling for the home side that, that, that overwhelms our players sometimes and helps the home side so much. So the Iranian fans aren't going to turn out in huge numbers to support <laughs> no. their neighbours? No, no. I've heard they're big Prince Sainsbury fans, but no. Yeah. Um, I couldn't imagine there's going to be a, a heaving mass of humanity in the stands willing Iraq over the line. But there'll be support, but not... Not huge. Apparently, uh, uh, Adam, it's Carlos. Uh, apparently, the stadium only holds eight thousand, around about that uh, amount of people. So you're right about the atmosphere. But what are you hearing from uh, you know the boys, the Fox Sports boys over there about team selection? Uh, Ange doesn't think uh, that Rogic being absent is going to harm him too much. Will Moy maybe take on that mantle, or will they bring in Troisi to to wreak havoc in that front half? Yeah, I, I think Troisi might play further further field, Carlos, I, I think he might play um, closer to the striker or as one of um, three strikers if Ange decides to go that way or he might go 4-4-2. Four, four, uh, hearing that um, I know we're getting into formations and tactics that there's a possibility we might play a 3-5-2 uh, 
Mm. So three central defenders, five across midfield, the, the two wide guys doing a lot of work and then two up front to play um, either target men or, or feed balls into feet. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of options for Ange. The one thing we, we do know from out of there that we, we don't really get a good read on it until about 24 hours before the game. So as they wake up over there in Tehran now, they'll have their final day of training and we'll know a hell of a lot um, when we wake up tomorrow about what kind of side that Ange is going to put out. Tommy, you has got a big job to uh, role to play in all of this then? Yeah, big style. Yeah, he's been playing well. I mean, he's not going to win the Golden Boot in Europe this season. He's, he scored four from 20 at his club, Lucerne, and they're having a pretty good year. They might qualify for the Europa League. So he, that's the thing about this squad, though, um, as opposed to back in November. Um, just about everyone is playing regularly, which is yeah. key, which is so important. And we got found out in Thailand, I reckon, by the fact that a lot of our guys were coming in underdone, not playing much at their clubs. I think Brad Smith, um, is, is one of the few guys that's not playing much at their club. Trent Sainsbury, obviously not playing at all at Inter Milan. He's, he's sat on the bench a few times. But other than that, I reckon everyone's um, getting a lot of game time, which is which is so key, so undervalued. Adam, do, does it surprise you that Ange has come out publicly and, and criticised the playing surface, given it's, it's such an important game for the boys? And, he, you know, Ange is not one to look at excuses, but he's almost putting a... I think through the media, putting a bit of a that seed of doubt in the players' minds, or will it will it go the other way where it makes the players more focused and determined to get it done? Yeah, I, I think Andrew's so up and down that it's probably something that he got asked at the press conference, and he's given an honest answer. Mm. Um, he, he can't choose what questions are asked, so um, of course they were going to ask, given the the surface tension that we face back here as well, just on the Allianz Stadium pitch here in, in Sydney. Um, I saw a couple of photos today um, that got sent to me that they haven't relayed the turf, but um, it could be a bit bumpy by the time we get to, to next week. So hopefully it uh, irons itself out. Thankfully, there's no rugby union, rugby league on it this weekend, so it gives it a time to rest. But over there, yeah, I mean, but it's a bit like the Indian cricket pitches. It, it's their home ground. They can do what they want. They can serve up whatever the hell they want as far as a, a pitch goes, as long as it's playable. Um, but they can make it as hard for the away team as, as possible, and we can't really um, kick up a stink about it. It's not our home ground. No, indeed, and it's not Iraq's either. I mean, it's an unusual arrangement, and someone just texted through, Iran or Iraq? Isn't Tehran in Iran? <laughs> yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But the Iranians yeah. have offered to, to host this game for their neighbours, which in itself uh, is you know, you, a first because of their You're expecting their something history. to go wrong. Um, yeah. that, but uh, because it's simply not uh, feasible or safe to play well, in Iraq. This is the fascinating thing about geopolitics in football is that I think, mistake me if I'm wrong, it was Saudi Arabia who refused to play Iraq in Iran because Saudi Arabia are having a tiff with Iran. So they <laughs> moved that game to Malaysia, but next week they'll play in Saudi Arabia. And Justin Merrim, who's one of Iraq's best players, can't go to Iran because he's playing club football in America and he might have trouble getting back into America, but he's playing next week in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Isn't it a wonderful world in which we live? Trump. Yeah. <laughs> you learn all these things. You, you learn about politics as much as you do about football when you, when you cover these things. It's amazing. <laughs> so, so, Adam, um, Riley McGree, will he get game time, do you think, the young kid from Adelaide? I'd be shocked if he does. Um, I, I think he's in there to kind of gain experience and... and one day down the track, he'll he'll learn from the experience that he's currently going through and, and put it to good use both at club football and hopefully on the international stage. But, yeah, I, I, there's 23 in the squad and he's, in terms of uh, cab off the rank and things like that, he's in the 20s, I think. Well, um, we have played teenagers in Tehran before, Adam. That's true. Well, yes, and he did end up being our greatest 
ever player almost um, in certainly in the conversation big h so yeah I, i'm not putting Riley McGree in that category can i just no ask you world, as a bit but, of a, uh, yeah. a side one have you caught this uh, the scottish daily record ran a, a story just yesterday uh, Celtic linked with Riley McGree, but who was Australian team that is interesting? Brendan Rogers. So even in <laughs> they've written a full page story on Riley McGree, talking about this young Australian who who Brendan Rogers has has got tabs on. So obviously because of his Scottish heritage, they want him back there. Well, the name, <laughs> just the name, it just fits Celtic perfectly, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I, I think they're, they're going to come thick and fast for this kid. Um, it, it wouldn't have gone unnoticed that he's been chosen. Any teenager in world football that gets chosen for a national team um, would have the notice, of the attention of, of people um, that you wouldn't have encountered so far in, in your life. And I'm talking about Riley McGree's perspective now. So, uh, yeah, it's only because I, I think he needs another two seasons. And yeah. he's, he's only just established himself with Adelaide United. I'd like to see him have two solid seasons in the A-League and then start looking uh, abroad for, for moves as such. OK, I want a response from both of you. What is a pass mark for the Socceroos out of Tehran? Carlos? Uh, they need to win. I think they need to win to... to They've got the, the away game against Japan later on uh, in, in a couple of months' time. But uh, the three home games, you've got to bank those. But uh, need to win away from home to absolutely make certain that we're one or two. Adam, we drew 2-2 with Thailand, and that was a shock. What's a pass mark here? Pass mark. For, for the reason I explained before, with more players playing at the moment, the pass, the only pass is a win. Mm. Um, because that sets us up that those, those three home games, we can win those. It doesn't matter what happens in Japan later in the year. Uh, well, it does in a sense, but like the, the result's not imperative. So... Yeah, win, must win, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. It should be, yeah, a bit of pressure on the guys. Yep, and uh, that's what World Cup qualification is and should be about. Hey, thank you for your time, and we'll catch it from 10.30pm tomorrow night on Fox Sports. Yeah, Boz, Rob, and uh, Paul Ocon joining us on the panel as well. Look forward to it. It's going to be a big night. Adam Peacock, thank you very much from Fox Sports Football. The Socceroos in Tehran to take on Iraq Thursday night. After you've watched Carlton and Richmond, just slick over and catch... Uh, Ange Postacoglu and his team in their latest instalment of their attempt to qualify for the World Cup in 2018. Talking the world game, talking football, talking Aaron Moy. Yeah. EFL Championship Team of the Year. You know, there's a real argument here, Francis, that anyone who makes that Team of the Year in the Championship can already play in the EPL. I'm not saying with the Chelsea's of this world or the Man City's or Manchester United's, but certainly mid-table and down, Aaron Moy's already good enough. So I would think... That uh, and Man City have not, especially Pep Guardiola, have not been has not been backward in coming forward and, and actually giving so much praise to him that he's a great player, he's an amazing player. I think the words he used. Now that could well be, you know, he might have in the back of his mind that he might recruit him for Man City, but it's more likely to get his value up in the transfer market. So when they offload him, they make a huge profit on uh, what they spent on him in wages and if there was a transfer. I don't think there was a transfer fee from uh, Man's, uh, Melbourne City, was it? No. Maybe an internal the, yeah. sort of a <laughs> accounting yeah, entry, procedure. Yeah, and credit through, uh, through that. <laughs> but, uh, but certainly, I think there's a huge future for Aaron Moore. He's just one of those players, Francis, that he's shown since his time at Melbourne City that whatever situation you put him in, he's risen to the occasion, he's adapted, and, uh, and he's just so well-respected. Speaking to one of our correspondents over there in, uh, in England, a guy called Mike McGrath, who, who writes for The Sun there, when we mention Aaron Moy, he's in the consciousness of everyone over there, including media. Uh, and that's uh, being a player who's performed so well in the championship. So Which good is, on him. And it, it is that story of someone who has had to show resilience. So he's at mm. St Mirren as a young man playing in the Scottish uh, Premier League. 
uh, didn't work out for him. Came back to Australia and, and had to start again with the Western Sydney yeah. Wanderers and then to Melbourne City and you know basically went through the outside courts, playing at Uddersfield. Yeah. Uh, and are they still in line for promotion to the Premier League? They're they sort are of in that sort of range to do so, and now in demand. Yeah, absolutely. Great story. And from all reports, everyone who knows him, I, I saw this fascinating little grab of him, uh, of his parents talking about, you know, him as a person and how he sort of progressed himself and how he takes setbacks and, and how he's so even-tempered. When something really big happens to him, he's he's not as excited as everyone else around him. And when something really bad happens, he's sort of, you know, in that mid-range the whole time. And just, you know, it, you, you sort of look at him as a, as a player and you think, oh, he lacks a little bit of power or he's a little bit limited here or there. But, you know, Australia, when Australia played England, for example, he was probably the best midfielder in the, in the game, uh, in that friendly. And uh, whenever, whenever he's represented Australia or whenever he's represented a team and they're up against a bigger team, he's never ever, like, he just adjusts so well. So that's why I think he's probably our next big superstar, I think. And hopefully, you know... Um, you know, it might not be an English team. It might be a Spanish team or a German team might pick him up. He can play in all those leagues. Might get to move to a mid-table Premier League team like <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> the, yeah, the sadness there is he'd probably join Arsenal and not get a game because oh. uh, Arsenal's got his... Uh, well, who knows who's going to be there next, Francis? Uh, that, that's can we just talk about it for a while? Yeah. That's my little when West this Brom- is my little therapy part yeah, of the week. No, well, listen, I'm, I'm going to destroy your therapy for a minute. When West oh, Bromwich Albion beat you, comprehensively in the end... 3-1. 3-1. Okay, it was at the Hawthorns, but it's no Burnaby. Craig Dawson with two headers. Yeah, it's no, it's no Camp No in New or, or Burnaby Stadium, but uh, it's Camp Owl. That's yeah, what it is. <laughs> it's true. Camp, know, that, that's, the Hawthorns. I don't know what's, the Hawthorns. I, what is that sign because, as I said, Wenger will not resign um, because people are call, you know calling for his head. He just won't do it. His pride will you know won't let him do that. Uh, he's got to win something and then walk. So if, if FA Cup, Francis, that's what he's got to win. You've got to hope he wins it. And he's then got more walk. chance of winning than British Lotto, the way they're going at the moment. Yeah. The, the players have, have almost, but it's almost a cry for help. They, they want a resolution to this situation. And it got to the absurd situation on the weekend where there were two planes flying over the stadium. <laughs> so there's this thing in English football that you fly the plane over with the banner. One of the planes came over predictably. You could hear it watching the game. You could hear it buzzing in the, yeah. television, in the television coverage on Optus. Yeah. You hear, I bet that's a plane with a banner. And then a second plane came over. Yeah. So there were two planes. One was Venga out. The yeah. other one was show respect, yeah. ask their nose. So we had this ridiculous Red Baron situation over the ground. Yeah. What are they going to do next? A Zeppelin. Yeah. Get a Zeppelin on fire. Yeah. Or drop, drop leaflets out of a balloon. I don't know. It's getting to a stupid situation. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm running to Arsenal fans all the time. And the worst thing is they've got Man City this weekend. Oh, no, we've got international break. So we've... Oh, sorry. Yeah, well, the next game yeah. is Man City. Oh, I don't know. And I'll tell you what, Francis, what are you going to do when they beat Man City? Are you going to be... Are you going to be joyful? Are you going to be, to be really frustrated with them because I don't do this every week? Because they're going to beat Man City at home at the Emirates. So Comfortably numb. That's Pink the problem. Style. Yeah, that's the problem uh, with this. You can't celebrate their wins because you don't know when they're going to let you down next. So no, it's enough to drive you crazy. Carlos Alberto Diego, he's with me here on eleven sixteen SEN talking the world game, and uh, I do believe that uh, Adelaide United and the Brisbane Roar have uh, arranged a main event uh, channel <laughs> to, to broadcast a rematch. Yeah, from the uh, Rumble in the Tunnel. Yeah. Involving Ross Aloisi and uh, the Adelaide United assistant coach. There's there's a suggestion that Ross has come out and said, I didn't touch him. 
Right, so that means the assistant you coach the from Bart Simpson. I didn't do it. We didn't touch him apparently, um, and he's got you know witnesses to say he didn't touch him. So that means the assistant coach of Adelaide, a Spaniard, he simulated Francis hit the ground because there was a photo of him on the ground. So don't tell me the assistant coaches are simulating and diving. Yacaba Romello, <laughs> he's gone. He's gone down. Get on Google. Get on YouTube. Have a look at this guy when he played. Did he dive? Because. <laughs> That's your that's your argument if you're a Ross Aloisi trying to get away with it. But really, we know the other. I, I love the Aloisi boys. I love them. But I'll tell you what: when they get together, that, that white line fever, and Ross in particular, we've seen him in grand finals for Adelaide United. Remember when he got sent off in the grand final against uh, Melbourne Victory? Look, they get nasty. The Aloisi boys. I've, I've compared them yeah. to the Malachi brothers yeah. from Laverne and Shirley. Mate. Yeah. Don't mess with them. They yeah, give me the Malachi crunch. I know. I know. Give me the Malachi crunch. Yeah, well, I don't really, but I'm, I take it from you that that. Uh, you're accurate with what you Because I about thought it. that they would be in line for the Adelaide job if Guillaume Moore moved on. Well, maybe Surely they still... Go sti- home and be... Well, maybe they heroes. still are because the Adelaide haven't actually put a complaint in, would you believe? It's the FFA that's uh, they've come out through their match commissioners that were there and other people that they had to address this. But Adelaide United have not put a formal complaint in. So maybe that's all part of the fact that, look, they're, they're our favourite sons... They're going, to be coach, they're going to be coaching our club soon, so we don't want to rock the boat too much. Um, and Brisbane will need to release them too, so they're not put a complaint against Brisbane either. So, But Craig Everybody Moore, Craig Moore was involved with all this too, uh, Francis, given that he was abusing the referee prior to whatever incident happened. So Craig Moore looks like he'll be, uh, you know, he's been charged and also probably get some sort of sanction. And Ross for sure. Look, there'll be something that will happen to him. Um, it remains to be seen. But if, he, if it has been determined that he has committed assault, uh, according to what people have said, uh, he's got to be out for the rest of the year, wouldn't he? Well, I mean, da- David yeah. Cranber could, uh, has just suggested that he just takes a Jordan Goey approach and blame his dog. <laughs> There's yeah. a dog in the tunnel somewhere yeah. Yeah. doing something. Mm. Uh, and uh, just looking at this weekend's fixtures, Melbourne City, Friday night, the Western Sydney Wanderers, uh, City... Still chasing Melbourne victory for second. They can't catch uh, Sydney FC in first place. They're 20 points behind them, and uh, even then, nine points off Melbourne victory. But that's a big game away from home for Melbourne City to try to build on last week's 4-0 flogging of the Jets. And they played really well against the Jets. I thought they, it was a really complete performance, and, um, and you know, 4-0 is probably an accurate result there. But West Sydney Wanderers hitting with a form. They've won two in a row for the first time this season. They won their first game at home at Spotless Stadium on the weekend, and uh, they've uh, not beaten City so far this year. I think they they drew one and, and lost one, and they reckon they're a big chance this week. So I'm kind of hoping for Melbourne City fans that City can keep on with the momentum and keep on winning going into the finals. But West Sydney Wanderers, they're, they're probably pretty much entrenched in the sixth now, so they can play a little bit freely, and who knows? They, they might enjoy maybe putting two wins in a row at home at their so-called home, it's spotless, um, you know, going into the finals too. It's important for them too. And Melbourne Victory head to Brisbane. This is where they played their opening fixture of the year and, and you know, it's got stung at the end of that one to have to share the points. But they haven't beaten Brisbane Raw in the last five starts. Yeah, and the, and Brisbane will be fired up because they lost against Adelaide last week. You know, of course, all the drama and the controversy around that. Uh, they play well at home. Uh, they're a tough team and they're a team that do trouble Melbourne Victory, especially at home. So uh, that's a danger game for Victory. And given that, you know, Victory... You wonder about the value. I mean, of course, you go into every game and win, you know, for the three points. But you just wonder whether they're more thinking about the finals and if they drop these points, it's not the end of the world. 
Okay, before I let you go, there's a big move in terms of what's happening underneath the A-League at the moment with the, the MPL clubs and a bunch of them around the country forming their own association to try to start a second tier mm. of semi-professional football. Yeah, 97 clubs from around Australia met at FFV headquarters, uh, I think, earlier this week. And they started the Australian Association of Football Clubs, which is, represents all the NPL clubs around Australia. I think it's fantastic that they're doing it. I think it's fantastic there. Uh, one of their uh, you know priorities is to pursue that second division concept and get that going. What I find unrealistic is that they want to start that in two years. That That's just going to be impossible from where they've got to come from and from scratch and the resourcing and what's there at the moment and what they've got to develop. I, I just think it's a, it's a five-year project uh, just to get your applications right for something like that. Uh, we all need a second division, a professional second division. These clubs and these, this organisation is central to all that, but I, I can't see it happening in two years. Why not? Well, I, I, if, you, if you're at all part of that scene and you go to those games like I do every week, uh, these clubs aren't ready for that. And... Uh, and <laughs> Having to come together and and resource something like that and and pay for the what it takes to with travel and the expenses and the full time staff and I mean it's just chalk and cheese about what's there at the moment. Uh, it's going to happen absolutely, but two years is just way too early. So got to get it right. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it can get. I mean. The people are passionate enough, these clubs are established enough for them to get it right, but they've got to grow into professional clubs. They're nowhere near that right now. And uh, people say, yeah, but you don't compare what's going to happen to what's there now. But if we're talking about a whole league, you're going to have to find 10 to 14 clubs that are fully professional and um, and somewhere around what the A-League clubs are at. You know, they're, I mean, A-League clubs are just getting bigger and stronger, they're playing better football, they're becoming better. It's a, it's a huge industry. It's becoming a, a big industry. That's what this second division's got to be. It can't be just another NPL, uh, you know, that's graduated to a national competition. It's got to be somewhere near the A-League. And the reason why I say that is because they want promotion and relegation eventually too. So that's what they're setting themselves up yeah. for. It's got to almost be a mirror of the A-League at some stage. Uh, that's why two years is not enough. So, and just in quick uh, transfer news, uh, sort of, I know the transfer window is shut in Europe, but Bastian Schweinsteiger, just to finish off, yeah. he caught on to this. He's left Manchester United and never worked out for him there, German World Cup winner. And he's off to join the Chicago Fire. Yeah, £70,000 a week they're paying. Uh, apparently the biggest uh, fee or wage that anyone's being paid in the MLS. And look, I don't know what, you, what they're going to get. It seems like he retired a long time ago. <laughs> I'm not sure whether under Van Gaal he wasn't playing great football, even though he was getting regular game time. When Jose came in, basically isolated. Took one look and said, no. Nah. Yeah, you're up in the reserves. And, uh, and he's just been hanging around the club. I, I think Swinesteiger probably retired a while back in his own mind, and uh, that's what they do. They go and get some superannuation in, uh, at the M- in the M- MLS, and he'll probably end up taking a bit of a trip through China to go back to Germany, where he, you know, he'll end up uh, living the rest of his life as a, maybe as a coach in Germany somewhere. Good on you, Carlos. Thanks, mate. Thanks for coming in. Carlos Alberto Diego talking football with us here on 1116 SEN every Wednesday. Uh, and just to reiterate, those Socceroos fixtures coming up, on Thursday night, 11 p.m. kickoff in Tehran. They are playing Iraq in Iran. I know it's confusing, but the, that's the way it works out. And then in Sydney next Tuesday night, the United Arab, Emirate, uh, United Arab Emirates are in Sydney to take on the Socceroos for that one. Both those games, World Cup qualifiers, and if they can get six points from the six available, we'll be one foot uh, on the plane to Russia 2018.